The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mark Thompson. Get woke. As you all know, over the years on Make It Plain, there have been several organizations and individuals that have been regular contributors. And some organizations and individuals have been contributors uh, longer than others uh, and even have earned a level of tenure around here, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And I mean, that's not just a personal thing. These are my friends, but they always have important things to say. But we remind you uh, that ultimately the show is Cliff's Notes. We encourage you to go to these websites, be informed every day so you know what is going on. And one of them, as you well know, is Media Matters for America, MediaMatters.org. We are here now with the president of Media Matters. Once again, our friend, Angelo Carasone. Angelo, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to have you back on Make It Play. Rick Santorum. Finally, yeah, after all this fine. time, what 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 happened? Why now? What do you think made them CNN get rid of him now? Look, I think there are two things. One is that you know Trump's out of office now, right? And they have to calibrate what they're going to do. There's not as much demand for the pro-Trump contributor on CNN as there had been. Um, so that's 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 sort of an underlying consideration here, right? I don't think we can ignore the fact that they they are responding to the broader landscape. But then you know there was a moment. And I, I think that that's the the part that is significant is that you know he's speaking to an event, this Young America Foundation, and he makes a comment that I think is pretty reflective of his uh, on air commentary. But he just isn't so clear when he says it on air, which is that there was nothing in the in in America until the white colonizers arrived. I mean, that's a, a <laughs> that's an absolutely a, a, a horrible uh, comment and. And he meant it. It wasn't like an offhand remark where he let something slip. He really didn't mean it. It totally erased the idea of of any value of Native Americans as humans, their culture, like everything, just gone, eliminated. And you know, uh, one of our researchers, Jason Campbell, who always catches this stuff, was monitoring that, and he clipped it. And then and this is where the follow through is. And I, this part, I think, you know, didn't get a, enough attention. But there were civil rights groups and indigenous peoples advocacy groups that started to put pressure on CNN. They organized, they sent letters, they criticized, they started to contact advertisers. 
it was a very small, you know, and strategic effort, but it, what it basically showed was that they weren't going to let the offhanded comment just be a bunch of Twitter outrage. And I, I think that that's significant to me. And, and ultimately what they did is they, they bumped him off. So there was this, I think they were ready to let him go to some extent. And then there was this catalyzing moment that uh, forced their hand. Finally. And, and that's a good thing because he had been behaving this way for years and has said yeah. egregious and crazy things on on the air. So it's good. And, and once again, it's proven, you know, the type of efforts that are most successful in dealing with this type of thing. And, and we see that with Fox. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. Matt Hurts in Media Matters also has a piece up, too, about. Because uh, uh, so, folks, the thing about media matters is not just um, about conservatives, but about overall accountability. Uh, so there's an issue with Chris Cuomo uh, as well. Right. And that's right. He's allegedly been advising his brother in the sexual harassment scandal. Right. Yep. And he you know, I think you know, I mean, he even admitted it now. I mean, he's even gone so far as to acknowledge that he was and he wasn't just advising his brother privately. He was also on calls about it with the team that was responsible for pushing back, um, sometimes without his brother even on the call. So this is like PR people and, and strategists. And so, you know, he, he was on those calls, you know, helping give strategic input into how to respond. And, you know, I think there are real, you know, as Gertz pointed out, but ultimately there are really, there's a lot of problems with this. There are two that really stick out. One is that it creates this, I mean, he certainly can't cover what was a, a, a substantial and significant story. I mean, he's on during their primetime hours, um, so he, he can't cover it. So that means that CNN either viewers don't get that or they haven't really put in place an alternative for how they're going to give that coverage to their audience during that time. And then, you know, if you look at his, his apology, and this is the part that I think is a little bit concerning, is he didn't say that he was sorry for what he did or that he even acknowledged what he did was wrong. What he said was that he was sorry and embarrassed his colleagues at CNN. And that's, you know, ignoring, ignores the viewers and it ignores the appropriateness of, of him weighing in on, uh, in those ways. It wasn't like he was just speaking to his brother privately and it came out. I mean, he was on planning calls and, you know, if, if Sean Hannity was doing that with Trump, we, we would have criticized, we did. So, I mean, it is, it's not okay. Like, that's it. If you want to talk to your brother, I, I guess that's private, you know, but this was different. These were official planning conversations that he was participating in as a prominent member of the media. It just, it, it doesn't fit. It, it, well, maybe, maybe his defense might be, well, yeah, Sean Hannity and others do do that all the time. So maybe I can do it. I, I think the problem <laughs> is um, it, it's, it's, it's ethically questionable either way. But when yeah. the issue is this, okay, this ain't just any issue. This ain't about, that's I'm right. causing my brother on filling some potholes uh, <laughs> as governor. This is, again, about sexual harassment, which, you know, is is pretty significant. First of all, um, his brother, Governor Cuomo, um, has basically said to everyone, I'm not going to succumb to the usual accountability around this issue. So that's number one. And then you're going to. If 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 someone at CNN had been charged with Governor Cuomo would have been charged with it, I'd like to think maybe somebody has and I just don't remember it. I'd like to think that the accountability would be far more uh, effective than what's happening to the governor. So when you're helping someone else 
outside of CNN. And and then, you know, you all raise an issue. Everybody thought it was cute when he was interviewing his brother and they were doing all this, that and the other. Now we know about other questions about what his brother was not disclosing. And that's why it goes back. Journalism is actually a real professional field, folks, that has its own. So that's what Angelo, he has media matters on it. But what he's really trying to teach y'all is that this is a real professional industry that has ethics and standards. I don't think we think that anymore because anybody can be their own journalist now. We can self-journalist and just be on Twitter and just say whatever we want to say. But there's ethics to it. And, you know, it has to do with sources. It has to do with all of that. And that's what's missing here. And so there's it's, it's fast, it's loose. You got Rick Santorum just saying whatever he wants to say. That's not journalism. And then you have someone who's supposed to be a journalist um, treating his brother as both a subject and a client. Right. I mean, that's the that's right. problem. That's it. And, you know, CNN had had a prohibition on Chris Cuomo interviewing his brother before the pandemic. So they had this sort of you know, ban. He wasn't allowed to do it because they considered it to be inappropriate. They lifted that restriction on him last spring when the pandemic broke out. And the argument that they made was that the newsworthiness of the moment and the urgency and the crisis and, and Governor Cuomo's role, uh, especially on the front line in New York, meant that it, it overrode their concerns. They were making an exception. And then these things turned into goofball interviews. and They weren't even necessarily hard interviews, but... Um, but you know they made an exception already to their policy, and to your point, they sort of had a, a some sort of line as to what would be appropriate or not. They tried to guide, they tried to have that in place. They let that get thrown out with the pandemic, and I think we're back into a similar place here, which is that they made it clear they're not going to hold them accountable. You know, I get it; it's a different standard than Fox, but but CNN's not Fox, right? And and I think that's ultimately where where the trouble is here. So you know, and the subject matter makes it different, and it, it's the kind of thing where when you are, you know, running cover or working to run cover for this volume of complaints, it, it's it's not it's not appropriate on a lot of levels, especially when it comes to your colleagues and coworkers. And I think a company needs to make it clear where they stand. And and I think, you know, it's it's this is not CNN's best moment. Uh, I'll be honest for them um, in terms of how they're handling this. And I think that they're going to just let this ride out. And uh, and 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 ultimately, I think they'll be proven right. Like this will probably fade for them. But it will be a black spot and it will it certainly will be a, a, a bruise that won't go away for them. It, it will last and it will always linger because of how they mishandled this. Yeah. Yeah. More MIP after this message. Hey there, this is Christina Gonzalez, and I'm so excited for you to check out my new podcast, Politics of Food. On this show, we explore the political, economic, and social implications of food creation and consumption, both locally and worldwide. Should we eat first or should we protest first? Like, okay, <laughs> let's organize, let's talk to the press, let's get our word out, and then let's sit down and eat. Follow Politics of Food with Christina Gonzalez at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. So one of the headlines in Media Matters is about this fake headline that CNN posted that has caused a lot of reaction and negative reaction toward Black Lives Matter. That's right. Fox News posted a headline based off of a tweet from the Black Lives Matter account, which just said that they stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. And Fox News's headline was uh, that Black Lives Matter expresses solidarity and support for terrorist organization Hamas, which is not true at all. 
And what ended up happening is that, that that headline created a whole narrative that was widely amplified, not just on Fox News proper, but then across the right-wing echo chamber, online, on talk radio, and newsprint. Now, Fox ultimately changed their headline because it was, it was that fabricated, it was that wrong, that even when, when so that they ultimately made it a little more saccharine and, and more accurate and, and made it just say that they expressed support for the Palestinian people, but it didn't matter because the even after they changed the headline, everyone in the right-wing echo chamber was still running with the original claim that Black Lives Matter stood in solidarity with Hamas. And you know, it's an example of how they that they can pollute the well. And even if they go back and fix it, it you know, it doesn't matter because the the damage is done. It's still being echoed now um, as we have this conversation within the right-wing media that Black Lives Matter expressed support for Hamas. And, and obviously, you know, on the surface, it's about attacking Black Lives Matter. But then, you know, more broadly, if you, you're starting to see it metastasize, where they're beginning to go back to the companies that express support for Black Lives Matter and saying, look what you did. You're standing in solidarity with a group and you're supporting a group that, you know, that says they support Hamas. And you know the way these companies are. They hate controversy. So if they manufacture one, what that, what the, the theory here is that they can exploit this moment to undermine even the most modest gains that had been made for, for Black Lives Matter, not just financial support, right? To cut off some of the pipeline, but to also make them more controversial, right? So that it's not acceptable to have the BLM, you know, slogan or 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 logo in any of your corporate apparel. And that stuff is how you change culture, right? And so there's a, a strategy here beyond just taking a couple knocks at Black Lives Matter which is to try to push them further to the margins and to leverage this moment to help do that. And, and let me tell you folks, just from personal experience, how that manifests. I was on Malcolm X's birthday involved in a text-a-thon with the Black Church Pack, encouraging people, texting people, peer-to-peer -peer texting, encouraging people to contact their senator to ask them to support the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and um, to retain, encourage your senators to retain the provision to end qualified immunity for police officers. Peer-to-peer texting. So people reply. All of the responses I received saying BLM is a terrorist group, George Floyd is a terrorist. Okay, that is the result of this type of propaganda coming out of right-wing media, Fox News included. You know, and you don't you you send out this text you don't respond to people i just said okay thank you for your time i don't, I don't get into it um but that's what that so people literally texting me back saying george floyd is a terrorist police should have killed him police should kill black terrorists i mean those are the kind of texts that i receive i wish i had screenshots some of them but i probably wasn't supposed to do that because of ethics but you know we do ethics i guess other people know but but the, but the point is <laughs> That what what Angelo is talking about is not hypothetical or perspective. That stuff is happening today. And so if somebody has the courage to text that, they have the courage to text to, to me, they text to me, they have the courage to text to others and do other types of things. And and that is what causes a lot of this confusion and foments the culture wars that you know Fox News promotes and they market it and all the conspiracy theories. Here, here's another one. There's a Bannon conspiracy theory about the coronavirus origin, right? And that starts, I mean, and again, folks, this is worldwide. This this is not just here in the States. We see in Australia where the other Murdoch owned properties. People's like, you know what? We uh we don't need this is crazy. 
But tell us if you would, Angela, about this this thing. I think it started in Australia, but the the whole conspiracy around the the COVID origin. That's right. And so the gist of it is that that there's a document from there's some there's a Chinese military document that uh, talks about the weaponization of um, of the SARS COVID virus, uh, SARS coronavirus. Um, uh, five years before the pandemic started, so like 2015. And based off of that one purported piece of documentation or a snippet from this document, this network that is linked to Steve Bannon, it's from this Miles Guo guy who's an anti-Chinese Communist Party. He's a billionaire, but he's also anti-CCP. And he funds all of these right-wing sort of talkers. They you know, obviously heavily promoted that, that conspiracy because Bannon's big theory is that the Chinese created this weapon as a way to attack us and to attack the world and to put themselves front and center. And, and so, and that stuff had been percolating for a while. Where it gets picked up is that you know, most of that stuff here hasn't really been getting the kind of uplift, especially, you know, from, from this one network, much like the Falun Gong stuff. It just hasn't gotten traction within the broader media landscape. In this case, though, it worked its way through Murdoch's media empire in Australia. And so it gets picked up by a bunch of outlets there. One of them is a big publication, The Australian, and makes its way through a couple of media, uh, 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 you know, TV media programs there. And then it makes the jump back to the United States. But in this case, instead of it being linked to this already discredited G News, which is the name of that outlet that had been, uh, that's linked to Bannon, uh, it's linked to a, a newspaper in Australia, right? A prominent paper. So it takes on a different texture, um, which means you're allowed to then circulate it and talk about it more widely. And that's, that's an example of like how they're, they're wandering basically some of the conspiracies. And you know, that's, that's only one, but there are others that are way more insidious about the nature of the vaccine, the quality of it, that are going through a similar kind of, of wandering. The, this one is, is concerning though, because the theory behind it is you sort of work up people to sort of get this bloodlust for war with China. Um, or to take on a more bellicose po posture toward China. And that's not to say that th there aren't things to, to be concerned about. That's it's not dismissive of that. But a lot of this is being fueled by, you know, an anti-Chinese billionaire who has an axe to grind with the country and basically working right-wingers because they're the most reactionary uh, to get them to, to, to change the political landscape and the contours of the posture that politicians and we have toward China. And you know, I think people should think about this stuff on the, on a long arc, um, and that if we think about this as over years, this is a big part of the strategy is to get the right wing worked up so that they are 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 basically calling for war with China. You know, over the next few years, that it's no longer acceptable to just have some kind of you know you know mutual alignment, um, but you know, but to actually take a much more aggressive war posture. Again, instigating, mischief making. But more and more are joining the campaign to call on advertisers to drop Fox, correct? That's right. 44 groups. You know, we, we're going to do, we talked about this, you know, the, the cable fees are where it's at and Fox's negotiations are going to start back up in June. And we'll be doing a lot more work around that with the Unfox My Cable Box campaign once we get back from Memorial Day. But, um, but in the meantime, you know, there is always a period in May uh, where advertisers, especially for cable companies, make big decisions. And most cable companies, most TV channels, will sell 60%, 70% of all of their ads for the next year over a three-week period in May. 
Um, and it's called the upfronts. And that's exactly what just happened. Fox News had their upfronts. They were trying to sell you know, 65% of their ads for 2022 uh, and 44 organizations ranging, you know, covering the full gamut, environmental organizations, civil rights organizations, advocacy groups, consumer groups, um, they signed a letter basically saying, look, don't do it. Don't buy ads right now. Um, there's no reason to commit yourself to Fox News all the way through 2022, in the, given all the damage that they've already and the havoc that they wreaked. It's bad for your brand. It's going to be a controversy. Hold back. And it's, you know, it's a significant effort because if you're a buyer, you know, right now you're making a decision. You don't really need to do that. You can buy ads elsewhere, especially because most of the ads that are bought right now are resold. And so if, if they think Fox is going to be toxic, that means that the ads are not going to be more valuable in a year from now. They'll be less valuable. It means they'll lose money. So it was a significant organizing effort. And you know, all those groups, one, taking a stand is going to end up affecting the calculus. And keeping Fox's advertising sales weak is, is important so that they don't make up that lost revenue. And then second, it also means that they're a little more volatile moving into these contract renegotiations. Because what Fox is basically saying and what they're selling is that they're, they're both so influential and important that nobody can ignore them. So therefore you should be advertising on the channel. And two, that their programming is safe, that most of the controversies are behind them. And so it's, it's okay, you can come back to Fox. And what that basically does is cut against both of those, those narratives that they're selling advertisers with. More MIP after this message. And as I look at some of those folks, we invite you to go to uh, dropfox.com. Of course, my pillow is still there. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we get that. Some of these others, though, I don't I'd be hard pressed to figure out what they get from advertising on that network that they don't lose by advertising on that network. And, and frankly, some of these other big brands, I don't see how much I mean, these are these are such household names. I, I just don't see what what's the risk of being attached to Fox. Give you all a couple of examples here. Procter & Gamble, Amazon, Kraft Heinz, Pfizer, GlaxoSmithKline, Sandals Resorts, PetSmart, Liberty Mutual, Allstate, Progressive, Abbott, General Motors. Now, if General Motors is going to start pushing electric vehicles, that's the last place they need to advertise on Fox. Uh, <laughs> Carvana and Novartis. Um, I, I just don't I just don't see it just seems to me to be a diminishing return to be attached to Fox News because these household names are pretty ubiquitous everywhere else. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, some of them, you know, you learn things during this process. Some of them don't make any sense. Some of them you get you end up being surprised. So Sandals, for instance, they're a they're a Jamaican company. They're located, you know, that's their headquarters. And the owners are hardcore Trump supporters. Like similar to the Mike Lindell guy, they love them. And they put more money into Fox, even more money into Fox when there was advertiser exoduses because they were trying to help make up the differences. They just got a new chairman who's the son of the, but another, another person that's perpetuating the Trump support. On the flip side, they want to sell themselves right now. And they want to sell themselves to some of the big hotel chains, which if you notice, you didn't mention the other big hotel chains because most of the big hotel companies, and this is the dirty secret about Fox and to your point, you know, there's a lot of companies that you didn't, or even industries that you didn't mention. So there's no, you didn't mention any Marriott or Hilton, right? Because they all pulled their ads from Fox News years ago. Right. Um, you know, they there are a lot of company you know, companies that are designed that have some affinity with with cu customers don't need to associate with Fox because it ends up to your point hurting them more than it helps them.
And so there's a, you know, Apple, Uber stopped advertising on Fox. I mean, there's a whole range of companies that say no. And so the, the sandals one I find really interesting because they are in this moment right now where they want to sell themselves and they actually want to sell themselves to us, to every prospective buyer already has a position where they will not be advertising on Fox news. So even if they don't drop Fox, the reality is they are probably going to sell. And when they do sell, they will end up in a place that no longer provides that spigot for Fox. And for context, you know, almost a third of Fox's advertising is, is all completely is accounted for by MyPillow, Sandals, and Procter & Gamble. And so Fox losing Sandals, which at this point seems inevitable, is, is, is almost as bad as them losing MyPillow for context. I mean, that's how much money Sandals presents uh, and, and puts in there. In fact, they're so tightly wound with Sandals that at the upfront presentation to advertisers, one of their partner presenters was Sandals Resorts. Um, trying to convince other advertisers to advertise with Fox News. That's how closely aligned the company is with, with Fox. They are about as close as Mike Lindell is and MyPillow to Fox News is. Um, it's just, and that I always, I was very surprised to sort of see all that, but that's, um, yeah. And are any of Fox's viewers going to Sandals Resorts to begin with? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, right, they go, they do it. It's just not their big sale. I mean, that's not their play. I mean, some of them will go to the all-inclusives, but that's not the, – the, it's a mismatch in terms of the market. Um, you know, and then some of the others I don't fully get, you know, except that Fox plays games and and the Murdochs as a whole have always been more heavy-handed. And, you know, if you want access to some of their sports programming, you tend to buy packages, so you have to get yourself sort of squeezed in. Famously, when Fox had the Super Bowl years ago, it always disturbed me, but – they were making as a condition, even if you wanted to buy a Super Bowl ad, you could buy it, but you must have, you also, even just to get entry into purchasing the Super Bowl ad, you had to purchase a certain amount of ads on Fox properties, Fox News included. And that was a precursor to buying a Super Bowl ad. And because I remember talking to one of the companies that that year, and they were just like, this is not a choice. Like we, if you go back and look, we don't advertise on Fox. We're doing it because we have no choice this year because we're buying a Super Bowl ad. And that was, you know, that is an example of how the Murdochs leverage their property. So the same way that they launder, you know, conspiracies and attacks through their large network of outlets, like we just talked about with this Australian example, they do the same thing when it comes to leveraging their their political power and their consumer power by forcing even on, by taking their more palatable properties like their sports and leveraging that against the ones that are not appealing, like you know the Tucker Carlson's of the world, and it's just it's. I get that all business is kind of hardball, but it is. It really is extraordinary the differences that fought, that the Murdochs use when it comes to these negotiations compared to others. And if we had a functioning regulatory environment, a lot of this stuff would fall into antitrust and collusion, and it would be again, it would be illegal. You did use the term laundering, so yeah. you know that that's what Angelo means. That the sports properties are helping to launder for this 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 egregious network folks we invite you to go to dropfox.com to stay informed look at all the people who are joining this movement you should join it as well including the movement to unfox your cable box um as we continue to hold fox news account let me ask you so on the ads so do these companies get to delineate? In other words, are, does the company have the ability, Angelo, to decide ad placement? In other words, okay, you all can run my ads during the day when it's so-called 
straight news, even though we know that's not really straight news. But I don't want them on Tucker Carlson everybody at night. Is that, yes. is that, is that happening? That's right. And that's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's called the do not run list. And um, in fact, you know, most of primetime shows and, and even Fox conceded that even during their presentation, they were basically telling advertisers, man, it's okay not to advertise on primetime um, because no one does. And it's super controversial. Don't worry about it. You can buy ads during, you know, the three o'clock hour. Everybody loves, loves Harris Faulkner. Martha McCallum is great. I mean, but the people they presented at the upfronts were Steve Ducey as sort of the face of Fox News and, uh, and Stuart Varney, who's on Fox Business. And then, uh, you know, and that was basically it. They didn't really present their hosts, you know, and that's, that's one workaround is that they've been flooding more ads during the day and trying to make it more appealing. Um, you can make that distinction. And I think that's how some of these companies have gotten around it. The problem is, is that Lachlan himself, who's their CEO, Lachlan Murdoch, has said it doesn't matter if companies do that, we're still gonna use their money to fund primetime. So in order for them to really have the effect, they have to not advertise on Fox. And that's that's ultimately what it boils down to. I, I am pretty sure that they will not hit their marks this year. And that means that their rates go down. And you know we'll know probably the second or third week of June how effective this campaign was, but um, because they will report out how many, what percentage of their inventory they sold. Um, the last time that they did an upfront in 2019 and there were groups organizing and people were out in the street in front of Fox's headquarters, they were supposed to sell 65% of their ads that year. They didn't even sell 30. So, um, I think we're going to be in the same place this year and, and that it, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the programming disappears, but what it does do is it prevents them from one capitalizing on it and two, it keeps squeezing them between a rock and a hard place. And that's, that to, to me is what, what matters. What about viewership? Is that steady or declining or going up for that matter? It, it, it declined. Um, and then it picked back up again when they leaned into Tucker Carlson. So the more that they amplified Tucker's programming, they gave him a second show on Fox Nation. They promoted him across the network 300 times in the course of two weeks when they were elevating him back in April. They just had him on constantly. They were talking about him. That helped pick back up the audience. So there were some people that had left who were really mad at Fox that came back. They're back to being the number one cable in terms of audience share. They're not. They're certainly not at the peak where they were. They lost a lot of viewers, a few hundred thousand key viewers to Newsmax. Um, that's 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 a it's a lot. It's a huge amount of audience for them. But they're they're. I would say they've now steadied back into a place where they're smaller than they've been historically, but um, but stable in terms of audience, at least for now. Folks, keep up with all of this, please. MediaMatters.org, DropFox.com. Please get involved. Please, ma'am. Please, sir. We, we can make a difference. We've been making one. This is not just happening on its own. This is because of steady and vigilant organizing on the part of Angelo and uh, Color Change and many other groups out here. And as he mentioned, uh, 44 uh, nonprofit organizations are speaking up. So more and more people are coming into this coalition for accountability. We invite you uh, to join as well. Asdo Carasone, President of Media Matters, our guest. Always good to have you, buddy. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks, Mark. All right. Take care now. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.